Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We are today, December 9th, 2021. We're wrapping up the year. And if you're on video with us today, I have Kelly Mora. She's in California. She's got the coolest Christmas tree ever behind her. So I am really, really pumped. I'm super jealous because I think this thing's probably like, I don't even know how tall it is, probably 10 foot, 20 foot tree. I don't know. This thing's awesome. So Anyway, Kelly is out of California. She's here to talk to us about her awesomeness and what she has been able to grow there, her and her husband's agency up into the awesome stratosphere with. So Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking with you and, and I'm honored to be a part of your, uh, your conversation this morning. I love it. I love it. Part of the, <laughs> part of the girl tribe. I love it. So first of all, how tall is your Christmas tree? Because this is a huge well, Christmas tree and so, I'm super jealous. so glad you asked. That's 18 feet plus six inches that are bent over at the roof. <laughs> because I would not cut it. I love it. I love it. You know, when I was a kid, um, I, for a portion of my life, I lived up in the Midwest. I'm in Texas now, but, uh, in Platteville, Wisconsin, we had this house and we bought this tree. It was our first year up North. And, um, cause we were originally, I was originally from Memphis, Tennessee. And I was a kid. I was only five. And my dad, we took us out. We went out to a Christmas tree farm. We cut down our Christmas tree. We brought him home. It was way too big for our house, way too big. So they, they cut off the top of it, which we, we didn't love, but then it was so heavy that every single morning we would get up and the whole tree would just fall over in our living room. So then we put it back up and finally my dad ended up hammering it into the actual floor of the house to be able to there keep it standing up. So I love real trees and I love big trees. And that always makes me think of that story. So my dad up underneath there with that hammer, just hammering it in. I cannot lie. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, Mine is tied to the banister. So we also had that wicked story where the tree tipped over and uh, I, yeah, when they're that tall, they can cause some serious damage. So um, we've been in this house quite a few years and we learned that when we tie it to the banister, that it secures it just enough that we can all relax around it. So nice, <laughs> nice. I, I, yeah, I have a concrete floor, so I couldn't have nailed it, but I right. would have, I would have been like your dad. I would have figured that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a basement, so I think ours was, you know, just the wood or whatever, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you had like a concrete floor, that wouldn't work, but well, that yeah. is amazing. So tell us a little bit because you and I actually got connected through Kelly Donahue period agency performance partners. Everybody knows that I love her and adore her. And I went to her and said, I want more women that are just knocking it out of the ballpark. And your name was top on her list. So I am really pumped that we get the opportunity to get to know each other, but then also that we can share your awesomeness with the world. So I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, Tell as, us how you, you, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and as I told you earlier in a a conversation, uh, Kelly just inspires, I think, everybody around her. So I would think it's fair to say she's seen me at my best moments simply because she brings it out in people. So I I don't know how awesome I am, but I try to be my most awesome when I'm in her presence. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I put on my, you're you're a ridiculously amazing t-shirt, right? You're going to, you're going to make sure you put on your ridiculously amazingness. I love it. Well, you just are anyway. So we've already talked just a little bit. But 
tell me how you got into the insurance space and tell me a little bit about where you are today because of that journey. Absolutely. So I always love to tell people um, I came to insurance kicking and screaming, and that's the uh, (laughs) actual truth and not usually what people expect to hear, Um, especially myself, because uh, 12 years later, I actually love the space I occupy in our agency, in my life with my business partner and and best friend and husband, Steve. Um, But I literally uh, was not built in naturally to serve uh, the insurance industry. I come from a hospitality background and definitely identify more as a creative than a uh, technical thinker. Um, but that's why the partnership that I have with my, my uh, husband and partner works because that's, that's his role. And, and I think our, our success together lies in truly understanding and uh, that we are very different people yep. and we complement each other's strengths. So I did, I came kicking and screaming, literally. Um, I can remember um, saying I was born out in necessity. Uh, we had the opportunity to acquire business. And uh, with that, I'm sure anybody who's been in similar shoes understands the, uh, the purse strings are a bit tight. And yeah. so we really needed a very affordable uh, front of house person to man one of our our uh, we had two locations at that time and that was me and I was free and uh, therefore then you're very affordable it was very affordable I had some really strict rules about joining on our, our daughters were in sports at the time and I said okay here's the deal I'm in but I'm not missing one basketball game yep. and I didn't and uh, my learning curve was steep I learned a lot about insurance quickly um, and I learned what my husband had been doing for because his his career you know, obviously preceded mine. Uh, he had what I, I learned what he had been doing for 10 years. You, you have a conversation when you don't work together. That's different. Like, Hey, how was your day at work dear? Yep. And then it became our new baby. And that's all we talk about now. And it's kind of reached a ridiculous level um, <laughs> because we're empty nesters and our kids have now left the home and, and Steve and I truly think, breathe and eat our whole uh, agency just 24 seven, in fact, it's really hard for us to take that out. And it's some yeah. people might make a complaint about that. I, I don't think that for us, it's been a, a negative. It's been a positive in, in how we've built our, our relationship as business partners. But um, I think that it really did open my eyes, obviously, to the demands that he has and the pressures and the stress when, mm. you're, when you're protecting people's livelihood. Um, I understood now, I understand now, um, that weight he wore for so many years alone, um, when, mm-hmm. why he would be up in the middle of the night if, if he was worried about a, gov- a gap in coverage or any of those sorts of things. And so that's been uh, probably one of my biggest learning uh, curves, I think, that I always try to remember that, you know, yeah, the weight, the weight he has worn. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Now y'all, y'all have been able to make a amazing transition with your agency from your childhood upbringing into the way that you serve your local community. And I love that. I think that's really unique. And I love the fact that whenever people talk about niching or niching or whatever the term is, people <laughs> pronounce it differently. Tell me which way to say it. I never whatever <laughs> you want to do. I really, I'm really good with that. But, but whenever people specialize, that's the word I'm going to use. Um, whenever people really, really drill down into serving a specific community, 
I love it when people can take something that sets their whole soul on fire and just really something that they bring themselves into. It's not just, oh, I fell into it because, you know, I happen to have five clients in that in that area of business, right? That's one way to do it, right? To learn it, to just kind of get into it that way. But you guys came into a totally different way to be able to serve a community that you guys were actually create, you know, raised in. So tell us a little bit about that because I think it's a phenomenal story. Well, you know, it's one of my favorite stories. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve and I both grew up and I, I always like to say we were very fortunate to grow up in, a, in the lifestyle afforded through agriculture, uh, both uh, farm and ranch families and both from the central coast of California. Um, and college comes and, and maybe there's not always a place on your, on your home ranch for you to stay and be able to raise your own family, um, certainly on the central coast, which is just, uh, financially a struggle for any young person to be able to raise their own family through, you know, the cost of living down there. So, um, I actually chose to go North, uh, which is where, where our agency now exists in Northern California. Um, I came up here to Chico state, uh, and stayed and brought my husband with me. And, um, he, he, explored some options within agriculture. He actually began his career at uh, the uh, Farm Bureau, California Farm Bureau, and worked uh, in our local county. And he was essentially recruited from uh, within another insurance agency and where he mentored and and learned a lot himself and later had the opportunity, as I mentioned earlier, to purchase uh, our own agency which would allow us to really um, explore that niche that you were talking about, which we have done. Um, that other ag- the agency he began in was also an ag focused agency. And so, you know, he, he just came up through that channel and knew that that's where his passion lay and that's where his success was. Uh, we always say we speak the language. So when we're um, presenting ourselves to a potential client uh, within agribusiness and, and um, agriculture here, one of the first things that they recognize is, oh, you understand, like you, you talk our language, yeah. you, you know, the difference between a bank out, and, you know, just, you know, machinery. And, and that puts people at ease when they feel that you understand mm. the nuances of their, their business. So I think we learned early on that that was our you know, in, within our business, we, we say our sweet spot, that's where we exist. And um, when it comes to what fulfills us, we're working with those families, with those farming families, that that's who we want. When you own a business, you have the choice of, of directing it a little bit, which was, again, you know, the drive to, to take on our own ownership. We want to have control of who we surround ourselves with, not just within our agency by our team, but also the clients that we serve. And we are so proud uh, to be a part of that agriculture community. And it's, it's just incredibly fulfilling and, and it's, it matches our value system. It matches who we are as people. And so I think that's why it's always easier to succeed when you're happy and you're feeling fulfilled mm-hmm. by your day. And credit to our community for that. You know, we are, we are, we always remind ourselves we are very, very fortunate to serve the people we do and that yeah. they have entrusted us. And uh, we, we try to continually earn that every day. 
I love it. I love it. And I love that you have that, that, that attitude. And I love that you have that attitude, not only for your clients, but then also for your team, because I know that when we create that really strong structure of an environment where people can learn, where people feel safe, where people feel encouraged, and maybe even challenged a little bit to, you know, raise the bar a little bit, that we are then able to find really good, happy clients, really good, happy team members, and it creates such a really good culture of the agency on all levels, not just on one. Absolutely. So, um, we recently were awarded uh, from the insurance journal's best agency to work for West. And I literally, Congratulations. yeah, thank you. I, I don't mind it, you know, shining the light on our agency in that respect, because it's something I am deeply proud of. And uh, it came from our, our team. Of course, it was uh, nominated by all team members and we were amongst thousands and, and we've, again, kind of just absolutely humbled by it. And it just forces you to say, oh man, I've got to wake up and earn that. I've got, you know, that's yeah. now that that's been given uh, that acknowledgement given um, we have to continue to work harder for it, but that stemmed from our team and all the things that you just said, that, that it's a culture of care, that our, our agency is a family, that we actually you can't expect value to be given to your agency by your members if you don't first value them. And I think our team, sometimes I love that you said it, they don't always appreciate you in that moment when you say, hey, everybody here is working towards a designation every, no, nope, constantly. That If you get one, you're working on your next one because we believe in, in self-improvement uh, that much. And I should say mm -hmm. Steve does because I, I, again, going back to that kicking and screaming, I, I'm not totally authentic. If I said that was my, my thing, that's where Steve, my partner leads from. And it's my job to support him in that. So that by that, we start that part of our, our handbook and our culture is that, that you're in constant pursuit and people kind of get, mm, uh, you know, they're busy. They've got things going on. <laughs> yeah. And then when I witness their pride, when they achieve mm. it and they think that it wasn't important to them, but once they have it and they just like, Oh, I've got those letters after my name. And, and it, it, changes their mindset of That's how they awesome. think of themselves as a professional, you know, and they sh you see that that is the ultimate reward that helps me push through the, when they, the pushback of, oh, you know, right now yeah. in the midst of a Kelly, Kelly uh, from agents, APP um, gave us a homework the, the last time she was here, which was to create a five-year plan. And of course I'm making everyone do a five-year plan and they're not happy <laughs> with me right now because it's December and it's the last thing they want to think about, but it's on my mind. Cause I'm like, yeah, but new year's resolutions are right around the corner. Let me help you. Let's just get this done. And I know that once people do it and you know, the gift is we always give back that, that five-year plan. Some years we, it looks like a letter to oneself that they read the year post. Um, they're grateful like because that. they see all of what they've done in one year. And, and, you know, sometimes people, especially, we hire achievers, you know, that we, we spend a long time in our, our um, selection process. And we, we, the good side of that is we have these incredible perfectionist performers. And the downside of that is that they're really, really hard on themselves. And, you know, they, they push themselves harder than we probably could, which is the beauty of hiring that way. But we have to remind them sometimes like, hey, wait a minute, look back. Do you remember that you didn't even have, you didn't know a thing about yep. insurance other than you hated paying your bill for insurance. And now one year later, two years later, look at where you're at, look at your understanding. And, and it's, 
time has marched on, but a lot of times people don't give themselves the credit for all of that career and professional growth that's oh. happened. So. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. True. So true. People don't stop and look back. And like you said, give them some credit. I mean, that's, uh, that's so important. And I think maybe it's just because it's December 9th. I don't know. It's the, almost the end of the year is that as we look forward, we need to make sure we also look back. And I <laughs> think too, that I love the five-year plan thing, because how do we know what we want this year if we don't know where we want to be in three years or five years, right? Because otherwise, oh, I want to, you know, do this. But then what are you going to do with it? You know, what are you going to do with it right. if you do that? Because if that's not really a long-term goal, then what, you know, sure. am I just going to create goals because somebody gave me a piece of paper and told me I was supposed to, you know, whereas if we can create those goals of where we want to be in five years, either financially, right. personally, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and it doesn't have to be just work, Right. It could right. be anything. And um, I love that you guys are really active in the culture of your agency, helping to be able to help people think forward. But then you also, which is super, and I've never heard that people do this before. So I'm huge shout out to you guys for doing this. You also help them look backwards and you give them that, that letter from last year or that, that, that goal list from last year. So that that way, then they can say, Hey, I accomplished that. Because we don't give ourselves enough credit. I love that. Well, and, and metrics are hard. And that's that's mm -hmm. some, something we're, we're currently working on with the help of, of uh, Kelly is that, wow, we, we needed to kind of flesh out our, our metrics a bit. But um, it's always interesting to me how few people can answer that question. So if you're in an interview process and you say, okay, so so what are your your financial goals, whether you're five year, 10 year, I want to get a feel for what somebody's ambitions are. And, and they just, they, they, they just, they got nothing. And that doesn't just mean a, a 20 something who's just graduated. I've, I've asked that question of 30 year olds, 40 year olds, 50 year olds. Yep. And uh, it's something that people are so uncomfortable with, or haven't maybe given enough, um, they, they don't, they de definitely don't have the elevator pitch answer for it. But I mean, I honestly think very few people get that deep and think about it. And yeah. that's where 
the magic is of the, you know, dream small, dream medium, dream big. And, and let's talk about those. And our job literally as, as leaders of our organization is to help others achieve those goals. And it doesn't always have to be financial. It doesn't always have to be about that. Often it is because if your dreams are big, they probably have the need of a price tag. financial backing. <laughs> And that's the wonderful thing about insurance. The sky is honestly the the, the limit yep. that you can, we try to bring young talent into this industry because it is a fantastic industry. You can really make a, a phenomenal uh, living. Yep. You have made total job security. There's so, you know, we just don't have oh, enough yeah. talented uh, people. So we try to, you know, go to job fairs and different things to say, you're missing the boat. People always think about, you know, financial services and this and that, but nobody, you know, like I, I put a, a Facebook, a social media post out once, you know, around the graduation time and said, nobody ever grows up and says, I want to be an insurance agent, you know, and they don't know what they're missing. You know, True. it's a, it's a great opportunity and it, you don't just have to be an agent, just any of our, our team, our, our support team. I tell young, young people all the time, you just, you get your license and you will have a way to solidly support yourself and your family forever. And yep. you just, it's, it's such a worthy investment. So definitely uh, a proponent of our industry and wish that more young people uh, would gravitate. So I think that's maybe a fail on, on our industry is that we're just not letting them see the current new mm -hmm. version of what insurance look like it's not the old stodgy you know suit and tie guys and, and it's 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 a very vibrant and amazingly ridiculously fun industry and I can't believe I just said that 10 years ago I, I would have laughed at myself and said <laughs> well I grew up just like <laughs> you my mom was a claims good. secretary for State Farm and I never mm -hmm. ever ever wanted to go into insurance because she would tell me all these horrible stories you know, and I yeah. thought of her as just sitting at a desk, a very boring, dealing with cranky people all day long, people who are trying, right. and she was auto insurance claims. So she would be like people who are hurt, people who are, you know, waiting on a, on a, on a car payment to be out. And I mean, and, but I mean, the right person has to be in that right area, right. Of, of, of the insurance industry, but there's so many other areas of the insurance industry that other people can be in. And so whenever we think of insurance, we don't need to think about, you know, a call center or a claims department or something like that. Or I don't need to think of, you know, a door to door, you know, 1923 insurance salesman, right? Sitting in the middle of people's living right. room. That's not that. But to me, that's what I think a lot of people think of whenever they think of those things. And, um, you know, or the, the, the comb over, I think whenever I think of an insurance salesperson, <laughs> I think of a comb over. I don't know. Yes. Bad, bad. Yep. It's true yep. though. It, it is. is. And it is. I think we have to work harder to correct that. And, you know, yeah. to, we went through in the last, I don't know, five years, we recognized we had a very youthful team and it was, was by design, you know, that's where some real great energy comes from. And, yeah. and a lot of people complain about the millennial set, but we embraced it and it served us really very well. Uh, in that we had this kind of young, hip energy going on in our office. And we had to, of course, balance that out a little bit with some sage uh, folks. And we actually had some growing pains where we might have been maybe a little too youthful. We had great talent, great uh, people, but maybe just not deep enough in um, experience, which is invaluable. Mm. So I, I love, we have, we have someone who's 
post-retirement age uh, on our team who brings so much. Uh, just like I said, when, you're, when your career has covered decades, uh, what you know is, is invaluable and, and the core principles of insurance don't change. You know, it's like going back to it's about service. It's about relationship. Um, yes, how we deliver it has certainly changed and technology has been a huge advantage and also a, a challenge for some of those more experienced individuals on our team. But yet our younger uh, team is, is coming to recognize, and I, I've actually been watching that unfold as of late. We've, like I said, we've, we've layered in some, some deeper experience. Yeah. And, you know, that young hip team might be kind of looking at them initially like, oh, you know, they're, they're that older set. And then they start to understand that mentorship and, and mm-hmm. the knowledge that's there. And I've been enjoying watching some natural uh, mentoring going on recently. And it's, it's fun because that generational mix is important, not just at work, but, you know, we all know it in life, you know, that, that, yeah, that's such a, a valuable thing to have. And I think that's something our agency worked hard to, like I said, hit that youthful sector because we realized that's, that's how you're going to continue this industry. It's not just, um, you have to bring them in and you have to, mm-hmm. to do the work you have for them. And it's hard, you know, it's much easier to hire somebody with experience, harder actually right now in this cl- you know, work climate, but so much easier to write a check and have someone already have gone through that learning. Some, some stick, some don't. Um, but to mentor somebody up from zero to, you know, a five-year veteran is, is exciting if they'll stay the course. And we found that they do, it's weird. They get hooked. Um, I, not anybody ever, I had about five, young professionals on our team that I can think of that they would have never dreamed that they would have, they, they took a job because they needed a job post-college. And we thought, oh, here's somebody with all the right, you know, ingredients. And they probably thought they'd be around for six months or a year. And we were hoping that, you know, we, with our, our culture and, and our values and, and opportunity that they would stick. And actually they all have, you know, they've, we've had a few change life, you know, Right. Life families. Yeah. Family. Yeah. But I mean, as a whole, I've been really impressed that that the industry, the agency has been able to maintain that talent because it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And so I think credit not to us, but to our team and our environment for uh, and, you know, our partners, our partnerships, you know, having uh, cool uh, company reps come through and, you know, it's 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 a whole picture. So. So how do you, how do you identify uh, those people? Because I think a lot of people have hiring challenges. A lot of people hire people, they feel like they're ghosted or they feel like once somebody gets situated enough, then they end up going to like a bigger agency. How do you identify or, or what, what traits do you look for that really help you to pick the right people for your team that are going to stick with it and be able to get through. Cause like you said, that zero, no experience to five years, that's huge. And once somebody can get there, they've got some success. They can look back, they can say, Hey, look, all this stuff I've learned. They've got relationships with clients and they're happy at that point, but there's some pain along the way. How have you and your agency been able to identify and nurture that process to make y'all so successful? Well, I think our values are at the very core of, of mm-hmm. any conversation we have with someone um, joining our team or, or exploring joining our team. And we have some really 
deep and usually challenging conversations that catch people off guard, but ultimately they're thankful for initially because we don't want to waste their time or ours. And uh, we don't want to be false about who we are. We make it very clear. We're highly imperfect. You know, (laughs) we, we can talk a great talk, but you might as well know right now, here's some of our challenges. You know, um, I'm terribly unorganized. So I've got great energy, but you're probably going to get frustrated by this or that. And our team, our culture looks like this. And if you don't, if that doesn't light your fire, this isn't your home. And, you know, we, we want you, the only way this will work is for it to be symbiotic for both of us. You have to like it and we have to like you. And if that, we better figure that out early and, you know, you're not, you're not looking for a job. I hope you're looking for a home. And most people have said that to us literally, but especially some of the more seasoned they're they've bounced around. Maybe they've had some hard knocks themselves through other painful uh, mm-hmm. relationships. And that, that's a great place for us to find one another. And, you know, we're able to, to take advantage of, of their experience and we're hopefully able to answer the things that they're looking for. Um, our value system is really very, I think plainly described as it's just a rural based ethic. We, we are care. We care about people first and foremost, we hold respect for one another at the top of the list, respect for our clients. We, um, we believe in hard work. We like hustle. Um, it's kind of gotten harder to stand that because you know, you, the generations have changed a little bit. So what mm-hmm. I think hard work looks like, maybe they don't agree, <laughs> uh, but we mean it. Um, we, we believe in, in work ethic and you're probably not going to be successful on our team if you don't share that value and take, take pride in yourself, you know, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're, we are very open uh, organization. We don't have a, you know, top down kind of, uh, you know, Steve in particular, he, he waits for people to show him what they've got and he's not going to, um, do that for them. And so uh, people who succeed in an organization are self-driven and self that comes from pride. And you sense that when you're sitting across from somebody, you, you understand and diversity within our team, realizing that we can't have 10 type A's that we need, we need the servant leader. We need the person who is more of a nurturer farmer, as we call them. And um, they probably have to like agriculture to, to be a real fit to our organization. And that doesn't mean you have to come from ag. Some of our strongest team members absolutely do not have an ag background, nor do they wish to, Um, but they, but they fit our ethic and that they respect that, you know, these are the folks that feed us literally, not just financially our, our organization, but they literally feed our world yep. and they take pride in serving that. So um, to go to your, deeper into your question, which is how do you continue that? I think it goes back to that demand of respect from one another. It's never easy um, joining a new organization and you're not going to be perfect. And to give one another grace. I, I recently had a conversation where one professional was kind of, annoyed with the, you know, what they perceive somebody new to organization, organization's traits to be. And, and I reminded them, give them some grace. You know, this mm-hmm. is, you know, how challenging it is to change homes and to learn a new uh, client management system and to take on just a fire hose of new information and to do so while you're socially getting to know one another. And I think that when you give people that reminder and that everybody deserves a happy, healthy workplace, um, that naturally falls back into order. And, and, you know, it just character, I think, you know, if I had one word to your question is it's just about people's character and you, mm-hmm. you better hope that you have a good instinct for that. 
And I believe that, that uh, Steve and I do. That's, that's one of our areas of focus that when we sit down, that we think that we are looking deeply into the eyes of the person we're talking with and, and understanding their story. And, and sometimes that might mean saying, I don't think we are a fit. I don't think I can give you the person across like, man, you're a high powered professional. Love to have you. Just don't think we'll be able to maintain you because I think you're, you're, you're not the fit and we're not right. more, maybe more to the point. We're not your fit. You're, and we'll help you with that. We'll let, we'll, we'll go ahead and sift ourselves out of your story. So um, that doesn't happen often, um, but you know, it can. Well, it is. It's about fit. Right. And I, and I love how you said it's about finding the right person, the culture, looking it deep into their eyes and having the deep conversations before you get too far into that process. Right. Because you need to figure out if and I call it a soul song. You need to see if the soul songs match, because if they don't match, then you got you know, a rapper to, you know, uh, an opera and sometimes they can work really well together. Right. But sometimes they don't. Right. And that's called that's called a that's called a um, what's a musical term. I'm not very musical. I apologize, but I probably should have gone down that road if I wasn't very musical. <laughs> but, you know, it, that's called a that's called a collaboration, right? Like artists out there, they can do something that's a one off collaboration, right? But they can't work together all day, every day. And um, right. you know, if we if we merged, you know, one type of music with another type of music all day, every day, that's that changes the entire culture of that artist, right? And we need to find people who work in harmony, working together and really do that. And I love what you talked about, about really having those deep conversations frequently and early, setting expectations, talking about the culture, the values. And um, I say it all the time on the podcast, when I used to be single, I would tell people, you are an awesome human being. You're just not my awesome human being. And it doesn't mean that I don't think that you're somebody else's fabulous, you know? And I mean, I don't, I don't like it when people break up in the single world and oh, this person's a jerk, right? I don't think that's what's needed. If we don't, or if we part ways in a business society, I think sometimes we need to say, you're just not my, my awesome right now. You're just not in my space where I need you to be. And we need to identify that early as well, not just be desperate to be able to fill a seat in our office. And I love the fact that you guys have those deep conversations early. And I love that that's really a big focus for y'all. I think too, one of the better ways is tr- it's to address trust. Trust is, is obviously huge in, in what we just talked about. People have to trust you. They have to feel yep. safe. And Sometimes that comes only after there's been a real uh, breach, uh, maybe of trust. Either way, you know, maybe we've over we we've done something that made them go, "Oh, I don't know," and that makes me feel this way. And, and if you conquer that and you build mutual trust with each other, and then you maintain it. That's the other part of it. Mm. That's where I think that that loyalty and the longevity comes from is you, you might've had to go through a few things together to get there. And that True. means both have to be committed True. to like, stay in the course that you got to have those uncomfortable conversations. They, they have to be able to say, I'm not happy with my compensation or I'm didn't like the way you handled this. And you have to say, you know what, you're absolutely right. Let's let's I number one, maybe I need to apologize for something. Maybe I need to, you know, take greater professional responsibility and, and going back to the valuing of one another so that when they trust that you actually care about them, them, that, that it is people first, everything else secondary, when they can settle into that, I think that's when that trust really starts to happen. And that's when people can really grow. And, and when, 
you have to have that base. Yeah. Well, Kelly, this has been a great conversation. I'm absolutely in love with it. And one of the things that I love that you had said was a culture of care and how that is what you guys really try to build in your business. So if people want to reach out to you, talk to you maybe a little bit about your culture of care, how y'all have built that, how y'all have been able to achieve it, how can they reach out and connect with you? Well, I absolutely love visitors. So uh, people are welcome to find our address on our website, which is heritage-agency.com. And we, we have an open door policy at our office to anyone visiting. Of course, um, I'm happy to share my contact information the same way. Our email is listed right on our website, heritage-agency.com. Um, mine is very simple, kelly at heritage-agency.com if you just <laughs> want to shoot me email. So um, I'd love to connect. And as uh, when you reached out, I said, who does? doesn't love to talk about insurance. So, <laughs> and when it comes to culture of care, you bet, especially during the, the season of the holidays, I think it's really important to slow down and um, think about the things that uh, make up the culture or organization. And, and uh, I look forward to sharing our care uh, with our team over the remainder of December. And thank you for a really delightful conversation and making me slow down a little bit. And um Every time you talk about the things that matter to you, it makes you live more authentically to mm -hmm. them in the next, you know, days following it. So I'm sure I'm going to be a much better carer <laughs> uh, since I've just professed how much we care. So thank you. I, I really love appreciate it. our conversation. I love it. And I know you're busy. I know you said you got three parties to be able to plan for coming up here very <laughs> soon. So you have a very merry holiday thank and you. everybody out there. This may be January 10th. I don't know when this episode will come out, but we hope that you have had a wonderful holiday and we hope that you and your team can cultivate an amazing culture of care, no matter where you work, no matter what you do, even within your own family, within your own area. That's what we hope that you've gotten out of our, out of our conversation today. And we are grateful that you've joined us here on the Power Women in Insurance podcast, where we talk to amazing women all over the insurance space. Every single Wednesday, we do put out another episode. So check us out on Spotify, Apple iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, all the places that you can check it out. We're grateful to be a part of the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network. And we hope that today's conversation has blessed you. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week.